Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Listener, you've done it again. You've stumbled into greatness. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, the three questions with Andy Richter. I, as it turns out, am Andy Richter. And I am very happy to have a very dear and frankly queer <laughs> friend on today. You can say fra- very queer and very dear. Very dear and very queer. Yeah. I didn't say old. I, that's very, all I really yeah, yeah, care yeah. about because that's the only thing really that to say an old friend you never know what that no, means. No, in this town I realize that's what's keeping me yeah, from yeah. the gates. Yeah, that's what's ruining everything. Is <laughs> but it's age. Scott Thompson. It it's is. Scott, and we've known each other for twenty five years, at least twenty five years. Yeah, yeah at yeah. least. Um, yeah, because the first time I went on on Conan would have been. Ninety four ish. Ninety four ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it was th- the first time was when we d- we did the sketch um, uh, about what's her call it with broke the ankle. The, yeah, yeah. The, the Tanya Hardy. Tanya you Hardy you did a few. You used to come in. I used to come in all the time. You used to come in all the time, and we would do these sort of like uh, instant made for TV movies. Yes, and they were it yes. was whatever bullshit yeah. scandal was on, and we like I I don't even remember all of them. There were a few of them, but Tanya that was Hardy. the one where I crushed I crushed um, um, someone between my legs. You played tall Gal- Todd Galuli, whatever, wasn't no, that I, one? Yeah, I played the idiot you were the sidekick. Idiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even. I, it's Jeff Galuli was the boyfriend. That's right. And then I played the the, the other one. Like, yeah, I think the, Conan was Galuli, the the very low IQ sidekick. Yeah, yeah I think, and I think you crushed Conan between. I your, might have crushed like, Conan. Yeah. We wrestled. So. We We're might have done that in the dressing room <laughs> before the show. for fun. You might have just, just said, hey, this is what I do when I to help s- them you know, warm up. When I see you in a skort, uh, short skirt or a skort. A skort, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I remember too. I always look back on that because I remember you at one time after having done three or four of them. In which you were played a female in every one. You said, "Yes, you did." Hey, could I could I come back and play a male character? <laughs> and at then some I never point? did it again. And I don't think <laughs> no. And I and I personally, I was like, "Yeah, why don't we let Scott play a man?" But you know, no, they still won't let me. You know, uh, honestly, uh, comedy white male comedy isn't real bright. <laughs> It's like straight white. It can male be comedy. clever. Yeah, yeah. Straight yeah. white male comedy. I'm not, don't, I mean, everyone's trying to put me on that barge with you guys, but I, I refuse to go. <laughs> I, I refuse to go. Oh, really? Go, people, yeah. people like try and lump you in. Yeah, with, like now the gay white white men are no longer. It's no longer. Uh, Cool. It's not good enough. Oh, I see. So, but I, you're not part of the establishment. You're sort of. I own. certainly am not. Well, but no. But I mean, but you, as in, as in, white gay comedians, right. male comedians, they, not, nobody considers you uh, Jeff Foxworthy, do they? 
Oh, I don't know what that means. He probably gets a lot more work than me, so no, I think they you, consider me. But you lower. know what I mean. But in terms of being problematic or being, you know, the source of well of yeah. oppression, in I the always comedy thought industry. that that when I got to this stage of the game, that I, I eventually uh, that that being openly gay would not kill my career, which it it did. Um, I wouldn't say kill it, but I, it can, it definitely kept my fire. Um, at, at an ember level. Yeah. But I, I, I do really believe right now that gay white men are being sort of reconfigured by the woke as also just part of the white male problem. Mm. And I actually refuse that. And I'm like, for the youngsters, sure, the ones that are born into, into their parents loving them and not kicking them out in the street, the yeah, world yeah. not hating them, and their friends all dying, that's okay. I mean, I still don't I still don't think they deserve that. But for me, like an old white guy, and I'm going to say old because I'll say it first. Okay. No way. Yeah. I won't go. Yeah, yeah. But I, there has to, I have to fi- try to, I'm trying to figure I came back just over, about three and a half years ago to Hollywood, and I really thought that this would be it for me. Like, finally, that door is open for me. But I really do think that me being a middle-aged white male is keeping that door closed. Yeah. So I'm saying that maybe, maybe not all all those everybody thinks that. But I think there's definitely something going on psychologically and spiritually where gay white men are now trying. They're trying to wrap us up as part of the problem too. Mm-hmm. And these are part of the kind of Civil war that's going on within the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I, I, as I said, I just, I just refuse to. But I also, it's fascinating because now I, I'm so um, genetically constructed to identify with the underdog. Yeah. That now I look at like straight white guys and like I really feel for them. Oh, really? And I wish I didn't. Like I really wish that that hatred that I hone to a fine edge I could maintain. Yeah. But I can't help but have empathy because hmm. I know exactly what it's like to be marginalized and you're not marginalized but the young ones are yeah and I feel bad for them and I don't think it's fair and I call this era the punishment era mm-hmm. and I don't want to be part of it because I didn't do this I didn't wait for this moment so that we could punish people like you know people of color punishing white people and women punishing men and yeah. gay people punishing the straights I didn't see that coming mm-hmm. and I, I actually don't want to be part Part of it, but I really wish that I didn't. I really didn't wish I didn't have such empathy for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it well, make it I, easier. I, I will kick I, you now that you're down. I, will, I want to. I sort of want to get back to this because the you know we uh, this podcast is a bit chronological where we start at your beginnings and go to oh, your now. How far do you? you how deep do you want to go? Like I mean, as deep as you want to go. I don't know. You really. You should never. You know how that goes with I me. I know, I know. You know. I know. Once, Do you remember I used to promise once, to Jeff I wouldn't say something? I wouldn't say stuff and then you would say it. And then I would say afterwards like, right. well, what were you thinking? You promised and I would go to Jeff. Right. Yeah, but I promised you last time I didn't do it. Like the very definition of insanity is thinking that things will con- will right. change if you're doing the right thing over, same thing over and over again. Right, right, right. So you're crazy. But whose insanity is it? Is it, it your insanity? No, it's or your ours? insanity. We're responsible for what comes out of your mouth. Yes. <laughs> what? what? Well, of course. All I was ever doing on your show was trying to give you great television. I understand. And, and, no, and, listen. I, 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 I agree. And and, and it's and, a game. Listen, yeah, but you're, you know, you. <laughs> 
you, you, say it. you have that. You're gorgeous. You've you, aged you sh- well. Yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, you're beautiful. You are. Uh, I, I, you know, people. I think it, it's time to dust off the word Adonis and oh, thank uh, and, you. Le- <laughs> and put a gold plaque and put it on you, <laughs> hang it around your neck by a chain. Put me up with my guard yeah, yeah. chair. No, I, what I was going to say is, you know, you you could practically in those days though have had like a big loose cannon tattoo. I understand that, you know? and, and, and I, that was sort of what was fun about. And you. then I think it, it became not fun. Absolutely. And yeah, and and do not blame you? No, 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 no. Do, do not just ever Conan? do not ever be surprised by and I whether you whoever you want to call it by by you do too much and they go, "Okay, done." That's and what, I mean that, I mean they I mean they as a general they. I think that's you what know, yeah, as Absolutely. as as this business that shot Judy Garland full up uh, up full of speed yes. because they wanted her to stay skinny. Mm-hmm. You know, this business chews you up and spits you out. Right. Exactly. It's, it's one of the reasons, I, you know, I, I live in an apartment building now that's full of little kid actors and their families. Oh, and I have saddest to. Saddest thing I've ever And they'll heard. say things like, they'll say things like, do any of your kids? And I'll say like, well, and I, I'll start, I, twice I've started this conversation with like, well, my daughter wanted to be an actor for a while. And then where the conversation is going, but I told her no fucking way Good am I you. going to serve up my children to the steely knives yeah. of this yeah. angry, this God. woman-hating business. This absolute, yeah, this, you know, this beast. I told her flat out yeah. when she asked, because she had wanted to, because she, she had friends that were acting and making money, and she asked me, and I said, I said, when I finally had to be frank with her, I said, you're going to be surrounded by people who tell you that they love you when they don't. That's right. They want to make money off you. Yes. They will treat you like they love you, but they don't. Mm -hmm. They want to make money off Mm -hmm. you. They will judge your voice. They will judge your body. Mm -hmm. They will judge your face. They will judge the way you move. They will judge the way you behave off camera. You will be in complete judgment by these adults that want to make money off you. And And that's for you, your mother and I. As your your father, I will not allow that to happen. When you're 16-ish, 17-ish, you can go... Do whatever you want with your face and voice and body. But mm-hmm. for right now, I want to protect you. Well, you don't really mean that. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of do. Every, anything they want with their face and body? Pretty much. At 16? Absolutely. Anything? Well, what if I she mean, said I want to do a porn? I listen, do porn. no, well, there, there, those previous 16, 17 years inform you of your ability to let them go do that. Like my son, who is now 18. Yes. He's free to do whatever he wants because I, I have, I have uh, what I mean, aside from being 18, I have nothing but trust in his in his judgments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm nervous. He just started college. We just dropped him off, and I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I'm just nervous because of the undoing that can happen to you psychically and emotionally when you go away from home. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, making choices, I don't worry about him. And my daughter, for the most part, I think she makes good choices. So I do feel like if she gets to be 16 and 17 years old and she wants to get a tattoo on her neck, mm-hmm. I will say to her, you're, you will be limiting yourself. Yes. But if you really want to get a tattoo on your neck, go ahead, get a tattoo on your neck. Or if she wants to, I don't, if she wants to, you know, like for me, for me, the most shocking thing would be for my children to be like, I want an MBA. That, that to me would be like a profound disappointment. MBA meaning like not- Masters of Business Administration. Oh, I thought you meant like an NDA, like a non-disclosure no, no, agreement. No, 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 no. I that's mean, what I, th- I thought that you did to your kids. You got to sign this NDA before no, no, and send you off no, to the real world. No, that's just people that want to fuck Leo DiCaprio. I have to sign those. Uh, Is that what's keeping him on top? It's what I've heard. Oh, it's got um, to be true. But uh, no, I like if my kids said to me, I want to work on a hedge fund. 
Right. I would then I would feel like what the fuck did I do? And wrong? that's not raising money for hedges. No, because <laughs> okay. I, I don't no, it's it's raising money for it's it's raising money for uh for like for like equivocating, Quib- hedging. You know, <laughs> well maybe maybe especially when a bush masturbates to the point of orgasm and then stops and waits until it waits until it gets a bud and then yeah, it yeah. shoots just a bud and then just stops <laughs> and it never goes any further <laughs> that's such a great image two bushes to get each other yeah. in the boy's uh, body what are you doing uh, I'm edging uh, <laughs> well alright let's do it because you know the three questions are here no, I, I refuse to look at them See, and you wonder no, but why your show business poison. I know I'm poison, but you, I want it to be spontaneous oh, with well, you. Well, the three questions are, and this was just, then it's just a gimmick to get, to, to set the framework of the conversation. Yeah. Because quite frankly, what I've always loved about my job is the conversations that I get to have in a commercial break. Oh, I totally agree. You know what I mean? Like, because then yes. I can say, is that guy a dick? <laughs> what are your hours like? Uh, hey, I saw that movie. Uh, that must have been rough. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, Or what the, one of the best things to always do is after the clip, go to commercial and go like, so how is this thing? And then have somebody go like, oh, my God, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> just that's, I, and to me, that's just delightful. That oh, people of course it is. Still maintain a realness. We to had them. some good conversations in between. Oh, breaks. absolutely. <laughs> and, but commercial breaks and beyond. <laughs> but the, the three questions here are, uh, where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? So it's just basically oh, an excuse is, to have, yeah, okay. you know, so, so where, where were you born? I know you, you know, you're from Ontario, yeah? I brought my passport just to remind oh, you. you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's very worn. You can barely see the Royal Seal of Canada. <laughs> I know. But you do have your your visitor. Pass. <laughs> okay, your first name is John. Yes, it is. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Revelations. Wait, and isn't John Thompson a, 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 a euphemism for a dick? It's, that's called a Johnson. No, I think you're John Thompson. I think that- like, Maybe in this country, because no, I, John no, Thompson I, was a Canadian prime minister, so oh, they would he? never have made that Because a I thought, I thought it was a-, uh, a um, uh, yeah, By the way, your papers look in order. Uh, <laughs> I just you, tossed them back to him. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, no, I, I thought- I thought that that was like a Monty Python thing. I did not know that. But I don't, you know. I I think I would have heard it. We'll Google it later. Okay. okay. You know, you're Roger. You know, you're Roger, you roundly. Oh, yeah. You're Johnson. Yeah, but I thought that was a, you're John Thompson. But whatever. It could be. Anyway, John. Yeah. Why no John? Were you Scott? And, I, I, is your middle name Scott? Yes. Oh, okay. I was never, ever called See, Scott. See, I'm Andy, and I'm Paul Andrew Richter. Oh, so you're the same. I am the same. Yeah, yeah. Don't you find that's problematic? And don't you, wouldn't you tell parents don't do that? Because it's, it's very difficult for paperwork and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I'll tell you the only time that it was convenient. Well, it is convenient sometimes in that um, it does lend a layer of anonymity to staying in a hotel or something like that. Okay. Which I don't ever have to worry about very much. But like when I used to do, I used to do years and years ago, college dates. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to a small college town and I'd do, you know, like a three-hour show. And then I'd stay in the only hotel in town. And if I stayed under my own name at 2 oh, o'clock yeah. in the morning, my room phone would ring. Right. Hey, come on over, yeah. you know. So Did it, you but, ever do it? So is Paul Rick? No, I, no. Okay. I, that's not me. It's not I, me. To, yeah, and I would not, no. To go drink with children is not my idea of a, of a good time. And I would hear stories, too, from like 
kids of previous adults that had been there to do things that right. had actually gone undone to the you know gone to these parties and I just no no that's not but it's good. also it's such a it's such a problem when you're flying I've actually not gone on, they've not let me on flights because oh, yeah. I bought the flight of Scott Thompson I present this and then they won't let me on uh, yeah and that it, never happened until like the last 20 I years I did have issues people used to buy me plane tickets as Andy Richter and then I'd show up as Paul Andrew and yeah only a kid that almost always it was okay but sometimes because it, it they'd see be Andrew yeah yeah but it, it can just be it depends on what mood they're in yeah really. but, but now everything's so your first middle you know you have to use your full name now so it's actually sort of like do you more, yeah yeah it's more of a uniform thing oh then that's what I've been doing wrong. yeah yeah you should definitely book everything as your full name and John Scott Thompson yeah it's just so pretentious yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can drop the Esquire. But I mean, yeah, but I mean, you have enough of an accent that it's, you sound kind of English. You know, Canadian is like- Is that like, really what it sounds like, like to you guys? No, 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 no. <laughs> but, it's, but, I, but I do think that people do think of Canadian as being like English light. Yes. So, there's, so I think that people think of Canadians as having a, a hair more sophistication yes. than, than Americans. Yes. Don't you think they also consider like-, like But not, I also think Canadians do have a hair more sophistication than the average well, American. I'd say a wig more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also think that uh, we are also uh, like American light. We're both. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think the French consider the Quebecois also as, as sort of French, but not quite. Right, right, right. Exactly. But yeah, and I am actually very comfortable with identifying with both of the countries. Both of the countries, sure. Yeah, actually three. I guess I would be, tri- I'm not tri-national, but I have, I identify as a Canadian, number one. But I'm also, I, I'm kind of an, I'm not an American, but yeah, I got American value. But sure. But England too, I very much identify as England. I don't oh, yeah? find it foreign at all. Have you been, have you lived a lot in England or no, been but a I've lot? been a million times. Yeah. My best friend lives there. Is your family English? Or, you mean like ethnically? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. My mother's Irish and my father's Cornish. But are they Canadian? Oh, they're Canadian. Oh, they're Canadian. Yeah, we're born. fifth generation. Oh, wow. They call okay. us, we're old, old school, old stock, which is very, that's actually a really. Old uh, stock makes a bad soup, though. It, it's a vitriol. <laughs> that's a very, that'll, that'll get you. You won't be able to say that on a Canadian television show. Oh, really? Old stock's like kind of, not a racist term. It's, I don't think it is. It's just because it defines, just says who you are. But it basically refers to the, the, the first wave of, of immigrants who were mostly from that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Northern Europe. And it's, is it a pejorative now saying old stock or it's a, now it's a, well, it's now a it boastful is, thing. It used to be boastful, uh-huh. but now as things are changing and no one wants to be identified as is white. It is becoming oh, a bit wow. of. I think it is becoming a little bit negative. Yeah. But yes, I was born in. I was born in Canada, um, northern Canada, uh, uh, northern which, Ontario, in Ontario. Yeah. A place called North Bay. And northern Ontario is can be bleak. It's beautiful. It's but, stunning. Yeah, yeah. You mean like culturally? Yes. Yes. You are, and well, I know because I had a, relatives that lived in Sudbury for a while. Well, that's where I'm from. Oh, really? Not Su- no, Sudbury, but North Bay, which is yeah, yeah. very close to but Sudbury. But Sudbury, be, well, oh, that's too, is, super bleak. That's super bleak because they've raped the earth for well, so yeah, long. Yeah, you can't yeah, really. Yeah. If it's all strip mining and yeah. Yeah, like, have yeah. you ever been to anywhere but Sudbury in no. the north? I, oh, not not in the north, no. And I, and I uh, no, I have not. So So you did go to Sudbury as a kid? Yeah, I, a long time ago, yeah. Oh, interesting. No, the problem with Sudbury is have, No, you know what? I just saw pictures. I just picture. saw pictures. But I've been to Canada when I was a kid, uh my my grandmother is, is, had a bunch we had a bunch of Canadian. My grandmother was born in China to Swedish missionaries and when the boxer rebellion happened all all the children spread and a lot of them ended up in canada and a lot of them ended up like in nebraska like all rural 
places around North well, that's America. That's why you seem kind of Canadian. I, I yeah. I mean, I have. I well, it's it also is. I think Midwesterners are fairly. Oh, Canadian. That, that that's got to you. Be. Know what I mean? Yes. It's like if you're from Wisconsin, you might as well be from you, oh, totally. Ontario. I you remember know? my parents went to see Fargo many years ago. They walked out and they I found said, it offensive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom was like, "Oh." Jeez, I didn't go to a movie to watch them insult Canadians. And I went, no, it's, <laughs> it's they're not, not Canadian. Canadian. Oh, don't tell me those are Americans. They're Canadians. <laughs> I, her father and I were absolutely, we were furious. We walked out. <laughs> walked out of Fargo. <laughs> I love them well, for that's that. That's fantastic. But I remember when I was 16, I went, <laughs> I was speaking of walking out of, of movies, good movies. When I was 16, my best friend and I went and saw Annie Hall. Uh-huh. We walked out about 10 minutes into it we were like this is terrible let's get out of here <laughs> we walked out of any hall because it was just boring to you i still think it's not that yeah, great. yeah I, I, it's I completely honestly... oh everything it's what so overrated mm-hmm. i just we had nothing to relate to we were we were both like both closeted gay kids and we're like this is dumb let's go see <laughs> <And> we left <laughs> Left the movie, went and saw Corvette Summer. Much better movie. <laughs> Very underrated, Jim. <laughs> and I'd love to go in some sort of snotty kind of like yeah. film form and go, oh yeah, Cor- Corvette Summer is. Oh. That's the real Annie. Hall. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. No, I I I'm no fan of Woody Allen, and it's and I don't even know. Oh, I am so a fan much. of something, but not that one. I, I well, there, there's some. I just think. I have grown just so tired of the Woody Allen experience mm. and having lived in Manhattan yeah. and go to see Woody Allen movies yeah. and then just have like uh, the, just the slightest nothing of something that is even oh, yeah. like a feather of a joke and people just roaring yeah, with laughter. I know. And it's like, it's like I, uh, my, my wife and I used to kid that it was like, and I, I'm gesturing that like you put your arm above your head and point down at your own head while you laugh at a Woody Allen movie. So everyone knows. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I Woody and I are on the same page. I think he was overrated and now he's underrated. Yeah, that's, and then eventually, that's possible. Yeah. I think it'll come, people will come to a grips with the way he really Although is Although his recent movies that I have seen. Oh, terrible. I just am like. Oh, terrible. Why would anyone want to care about oh, this? Oh, my God. The why Paris any, movie? What a garbage movie. Garbage Christi- fire. Vicky, Christina, Barcelona. Beyond. That was the last one. I just was like, who is this for? Only, Besides Woody Allen. You know, the last uh, 10, 15 years of his work, I think the best one would have been that tennis movie. Yeah. The murder tennis movie. I didn't see it. I got, it's Really you know. good. And it see, wasn't even a comedy. Thank God it was about a murder. At least it was about something other than just people talking about their fucking right. angst. See, but my favorite Woody Allen movie is Interiors. Oh yeah, I think it's that mas- is really good because it's yeah because it's like about people really fucking each other over. Well, it's about wasps. Yeah, yeah. And I always think that movies about a certain like ethnic group or cultural group, I think they're quite often best done by an outsider. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I also too, Woody Allen peoples his movies with Woody Allen. Oh, totally. It makes the women talk like Woody yes, Allen, yes. makes the men talk like Woody yeah. Allen, and I just, that's, that offends my Midwestern don't toot your own horn. Whereas in Corvette know. Summer, Annie Potts was Annie Potts. <laughs> and that was when you thought Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill yeah, Mark yeah, Hamill's you thought Mark yeah, yeah. Hamill might have a real career. Yeah, yeah. And I know people think, what, he's Mark Hamill, he's got a real career. I go, no, not really. No, he ha- he actually, you know what, he's oh, done. He's a cartoon guy. Yeah, huge. Yeah. He, no, that's. That's the part. And believe me. 
that's a nice life. Oh, and when I you love get in on that life. on that cartoon life, oh. I mean, because it's it's there's about I, it's very frustrating to try and get into the cartoon voice world because there's about ten people mm-hmm. that they just go to for everything, right? And then when you work with them, you go, oh yeah, I get it, because these fucking people can do anything. Yeah, it's among the most jaw-dropping, per, like witnessing a performance that I've ever been in. Yeah, I totally is agree. watching them throw like here's a character it's a you know it's a french <laughs> toddler and they fucking nail it nail it I like know. that and then it's like okay here's a you know uh here's an old parrot <laughs> you know that uh, has tourettes right and then it's just bap, 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 they do it you know so it's you know but anyway uh anyway so yeah how, you were uh you're part of a large a large, large family, family and I, is it are you in town or are you rural or are you um well, it's a small town back then. I yeah. mean, everything is rural in the north. Yeah. Um, it was, I was, would you call Sudbury urban? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a town, you know. It's, it's a not, town. It was, a, it was a big mining town. It's so more it was, than one stoplight. It was definitely bigger than North Bay. Sudbury was famous because it, it destroyed its landscape with yes. um, the, um, the mining. The mining. Yeah. And that's also where the American astronauts trained for the moon. Yes. Because the surface. And they've shot movies there. Yes. Oh, many. Lunar, lunar landscape movies. Yeah, there. because yeah, they yeah. literally destroyed destroyed the yeah. environment. Yeah. But yeah, I grew I grew up in a large family in northern Ontario. Uh four brothers. So four brothers. five boys. All oh, boys. Mm-hmm. Your mother. Oh yes, boy. Yes, I know. Was it hard for her? Oh, difficult. Did she work or was she? No, did, God, She no. had to take care of five fucking boys. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, no. And actually, you know, like the first, I think I, I think she had a hell of a time because she's from the South and uh, and so is my dad, like, you know, and, but he got a, his, their, his first job was working in the airports. Uh-huh. So he was an engineer oh, and okay. they were building an airport in North Bay. So he oversaw that, the runways. Right. Concrete. And uh, yes, concrete, yes, you yes, know, yes. and cement. I remember the last, the best conversation I ever had with my father, and actually the longest, was about the difference between concrete and cement. Wow. And that's because it was during the time when I said to myself, the only way to get into this old man is to start asking him things that interest him. And, what, and one day on a long car ride, I said, Dad, what's, as if I had any interest in it, but I went, what's the difference between concrete and cement and his eyes lit yeah, up. Yeah. And then he was all about aggregate and stones and slurry. And I was like, oh God, I wish I hadn't opened that door. But it was, but it, yeah, yeah. it really wasn't. Yeah. To this day, if anyone asks me, I can tell them, which is, my, but I'm still not a contractor, but right, I, right. I could do but it. But you know the difference. I yeah. know the difference. It's also too, the fact that like, that your father is about concrete Yes, you know, it's like it's like some it's like a uh, it's like there's no better author than life. That you know, is true. You know an engineer I mean? with a concrete mind yeah, yeah, yeah. because engineers because, and have then they, those and minds. And then here you, you've you got a, you know, you who yeah. are not concrete. He had a, a cardboard kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like the ones- well, I would say more of like a, you know, just a- Cheesecloth? No, I would say like a, like a, like a roving creature, like a, like a, a spirited, uh, an open spirit. A wild thing. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that, I, I, I will I take think that. so. I definitely yes, think so. I yeah, will yeah. take that. Because you, you know, he had no idea how to deal with. Yeah, him. he was uh, no idea. Now I've been, I've spent a lot of time lately. He's still, he's still alive. He's ninety years old. Mm-hmm. He's still got his faculty. Your mom's still here too, or yes, but she's, she's in a home. She's got dementia. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's long gone. Yeah, she's still there, and she. No, I know how. You know what it's I have like. relatives. It's yeah. rough. Yeah, but my dad's still, he's still quite, quite together. He's quite jaunty, and um, he's like catnip for all the women in this. In oh, his, really? In his assisted living. Does play. he? Uh, does he? 
he? Oh, so he li- but he lives alone. But just he lives alone in his own apartment. Yeah, but he takes. Is your mom of- in the same place? No, oh, she- okay. very close. It's there in Brampton because that's where eventually they moved down mm-hmm. to. But I, I guess what I, my point was earlier was like the first nine years of my life I spent in North Bay. Yeah, and then my parents brought us down south. But my parents, when they went up to North Bay, they never really they didn't really know what the North was like. My father fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and because he was always out and about doing like uh, um, surveying expeditions, yeah, right? Yeah. They'd go for weeks at a time into the bush, and they'd stay in cabins and that sort of thing. So he loved it. But my mother was isolated. She didn't have friends. Uh, she didn't speak French. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it was a very French-English town. Yeah. And um, she was completely isolated. And then just bang, 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 she just had these kids one kid after another. And I'm not, th- I don't think she really wanted to have all those kids. Right. She just wanted a company. Yeah, yeah. But she had a rough time. I remember, you know, she had a rough time up there. There's no question. And we lived on a lake. Yeah. So you had all these kids on a lake, like with a dock. When we were first, when I was first born, my first five years were absolute paradise because we lived on a lake and we got to town in a boat and oh, I don't wow. think there's anything better than oh, that oh that's that, yeah, that, wow one of those like those boats with the with the um, pa- the paneling on the side do yeah, you remember yeah. those like the Chris Craft kind of old is that what they're called wooden, yeah yes. like it sort of a, look mahogany that's exactly oh it. Yes. beautiful you could oh, smell the cedar right gorgeous. now yeah yeah and um, so when she went up there she had a hard time I remember one time my mom at this point she only had four of us but we were all little. Like she had were you the fourth? Second. Second. Oh, okay. And she was lunchtime. And um, I don't know. She fell asleep when she was making us lunch. <laughs> and I guess she woke up and the and there was a fire. Oh, boy. So the firemen were there. And, and that's when I think I decided that firemen are really something. <laughs> And I think Mom, she why did you, why too. don't you burn the house down again? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think she might have done it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Oops, a Daisy left another candle by the curtains. Oh, God, another hot fireman's going to come in. And <laughs> put out the, you know. How old were you at that age? Uh, six. Wow. And I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Really clear because I'm going, Mom, wake up. She was just so tired she wouldn't wake up. Was she sleep on the couch or in the bed? No, like at the kitchen table. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Another time we were, I remember it was it was pretty idyllic. It really like my brother. We got to school through the woods. We cut through the woods, and uh, it's crazy. No one would ever allow that today. But um, there was a one day my oldest brother got ran into a clearing with a mama bear and her two cubs, mm. and that's the thing you're most terrified of there. And so he got chased by the bear, got treed, wow. and he had to wait until they you know because they can climb trees, but he sure. got so high he couldn't get up to get. Him. Yeah, yeah. He must have been about seven or eight, and he came running home crying and told my mom, and she didn't believe him. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, get off! Don't tell someone that Matt, that cares." She just didn't have the time for it. I don't think she. She just didn't believe him, so he had to go to the neighbor, and she believed him. And the next thing, you know, mom opens the door. Oh, well, who's this? It's the bear. The bear people to come and tranquilize the bear. So there was always, I just say, a lot of hot men peering at the door <laughs> with guns to, and nets. Yeah, to cut. To- <laughs> To, to, to take care of deadly problems. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, and then I was nine, my dad got transferred to uh, Toronto, and um, we moved down south to Brampton, where I spent uh-huh. the rest of my um, growing up, which yeah, I yeah. think really formed me, because I was like eight or nine. Yeah. Want to make mom's day? 
Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? What were your interests as a kid? Like, were you a sporty? Were you well, a TV I, I, watcher? Were you? No, I really was not a, a, a huge. I mean, we all watch TV, right? Um, I wasn't a big movie buff. I mean, I liked movies. I liked TV, but my number one thing was books. Uh huh. I was a real egghead. Yeah. I love books, particularly science fiction. Were you the only one in the family or was yes. it? Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not the smartest one, but uh, I was definitely the only one that was just obsessed with reading. Yeah. And uh, more, more than television and more than more than movies. And also because maybe if I'd lived in a family with less children, mm-hmm. I would have had more access to the television. Yeah. But we were such a rambunctious group that the power was always, the power dynamic was who got control of, of the changer. Of so course. constantly we were pulling it off the TV and hiding it so you couldn't change it. Then all of us kids had to get wrenched to turn it. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. those days? It's pre-remote. Yeah, yeah, Pre-remote. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really allowed to watch what I wanted. Like if my brothers ever came home and watched me, caught me watching like, you know, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes or, you know, uh, All About Eve, they would have pummeled the shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I never got, it was always, wide world of sports. Let's watch that guy wipe out again. Yeah. So it was sports, sports, sports. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Was reading an escape? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a very uh, cacophonous, kind of a violent, it was a violent household. Yeah. And um, there wasn't a wall that didn't have a hole in it. Oh, boy. And um, so I definitely escaped my very first, I think my greatest, Pleasure, my great, uh, uh, probably my greatest, what I consider the greatest artistic um, influence on me as a child would have been the Narnia books. I was obsessed with C.S. Lewis. I I read all, I love those books Uh, too, yeah. And I continue to keep going back to them. The the power of those books is uh, children getting to be in charge. 
Absolutely. Children in charge. Children Children in charge. In charge of a magical land and being in charge. And on their own. On their own. Like Pippi Longstocking. I was obsessed with Pippi Longstocking. On their own, they become in charge. And then also the thing that blew my mind is that they got to be adults in Narnia. Yeah. And then they step back through that fucking closet. I know. And they're right back to where they were. Can you imagine? So they're children, children with the knowledge of adults. Who've had sex. Yes. Who, who had fully developed genitals. Absolutely. That's all I thought about. I know, I know. <laughs> well, that's like the, like, <laughs> like, like in, in Jumanji, like yeah. this. And, and everyone hates when I say this, but Bonnie Hunt's character, yeah. she's lived this, like, this, you know, like, oh, that sad woman who never got married. Like yeah. that whole, yeah. that old trope yeah. of like, oh, she's just, you know, yeah. disappointed and had all these terrible affairs. And then, and then she goes back to be a kid again and then gets to start over yeah. with a, no- with like a lifetime of bad fucking in her head I know. as I a know. child. I don't, do you think that's possible to overcome? Like, I do, how would it, ch- how would you all of a sudden at eight kid. and then you get to have all these like, <laughs> all, all this, all these like drunken assignations floating. I, around in exactly. your head at like nine and then you're supposed to go like i like timmy you know <laughs> i can't wait for our first kiss yeah yeah <laughs> i can't wait for our first kiss and then the first time that like he comes too fast exactly you know you're like <laughs> exactly. and then you're, leaves you're like 14 you're like yeah, yeah. harder harder yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell pull my hair yeah. you idiot <laughs> i can't wait for him to insult my ass <laughs> <laughs> Spankings aren't just for discipline, you moron. Get to it. <laughs> oh, yes. But well, I did so- love it. And I also found, I don't know how you felt about the Nardia books in terms of, then there came a point about maybe 20 years ago when people started to go, oh, they're all just propaganda for Christianity. Yeah, and I'm like, they going, sure are. But I never, it never crossed my mind. Mm-mm. Never crossed ne- my mind that Aslan was Jesus. Me neither. Me neither. I mean, and there it doesn't are, change my love of it. Yeah. Oh no. And I. Yeah. And it's kind of no. like. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, As if they're bad. Cri- met lessons. Well, and also sort of like uh, uh, you know, metaphors for Christianity are present in Western civilization. What? Gee whiz. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, the thing is, I, this is what I really worry about. I worry a lot about the future and I worry about young people and what things. are you going to do what are you going to do it's, it's their <laughs> problem now don't bother me with it sorry kids sorry kids as long as you put me in a floatable bed I don't care that is what I want a floatable bed but mm. in a parade I would like to be in a parade <laughs> but a I, water parade yes but I did I never I thought you like Narnia? What are you? Regressive? I'm like, oh, please. I was a child. I'm right, nothing. Right, 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 right. But I tell you, I, I just, uh, that was it for me. Books, 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 yeah. books, books. Science fiction. Yeah. Pulp, that, the, the classic uh, pulp era, the 70s. Uh, yeah, that was my absolute escape. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And what, uh, what age did you know that you were gay, oh. if I may ask? Oh, you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because you could tell me to fuck off, but I mean, why come would on. I do that? I don't know. It would it would make for a bad podcast. That's I'd only for sure. call, tell you to fuck off to turn you on. <laughs> so fuck off, Andy. Oh. <laughs> Slide whistle, please. <laughs> oh, people, don't deny our chemistry. We've had it forever. <laughs> we sure it. have. But yeah, if only my fucking heterosexuality didn't get in the way. Yeah, me too. Oh, I feel the same way. Boy. Not my heterosexuality, but you know, um, it'd be interesting. If I was straight and you were, a, I was a woman, you'd probably, if I was a woman, you'd probably have made a pass at me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. That's absolutely. all I need to hear. Absolutely. I, I no, think, no, no, no. You're a, oh, you're a, you're a brilliantly like funny, interesting person that I have loved for many years. So thank there you. you go. But what was your question about? Um, you uh, had, when, when, when did you know oh, that yes. you were gay? When uh, were you aware well, of it? 
I mean, I always knew that I was very different. I always knew that I didn't fit into the world. Um, but that also just could have been because I'm that person anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's a very good yeah, point. Like I yeah. could have still been a straight Because gay. there's pretty plenty of conforming gays. Who, you oh, know. absolutely. There's yeah, pl- yeah. And there's plenty of straight people that are as weird as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I probably it was probably around eight or nine mm. where I sat myself down. Even earlier, I knew I knew I liked boys better. I didn't, and then I guess around eight or nine, I remember very clearly. I used to try to do things to stop it. Like around eight or nine, I started to punish myself for impure thoughts, mm-hmm. thoughts about men. Were you, is this you're Catholic? I no, I'm no, not. Not wow. No, with that big family and everything. Too. I know. No, I'm Protestant. Yeah, I, I'm an Anglican, which yes. is what we call Episcopal. Call Episcopal. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I was not. I was not Catholic. But I, I have a lot of, high Anglican, which is very close to Catholic yeah, Catholicism. Yeah. But I, I used to punish myself to try to stop it. I would deny myself certain foods, so every day was Lent. Um, <laughs> and I would always think, like you know, I would, and go, would you go the nine yards and deny yourself foods that you actually enjoyed, or would only you, like, foods that I enjoyed. Oh, okay, I I won't eat a lentil. You know, well, it would have been a. Uh, this is really sweets weird. and things, or yes, yeah, yeah. I would. And this is really embarrassing, and I actually have never quite realized it until now what I was doing. But I would deny myself phallic shaped foods. Wow, like bananas was my first thing that had to go. Wow. Out. They had to go out the door. I could not enjoy bananas. Well, they certainly aren't going in the door. No, they certainly weren't. Mm. Not 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 peeled. Right, they're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, and I would deny it, and then I would, you know, I would usually take about the same. It's like Lent, about four weeks, six weeks, and then if I still thought about men, I'd have to pick on another food, and then it would be pudding. So I guess it would, so be, it would be banana and pudding. Or would it would would you been go one, like, okay, I tried bananas, but now I can go well, back maybe to Maybe I went from phallic-shaped things to lube, things that reminded me sure, of sure. lube. Or loads. Or loads. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or loads. Van- vanilla pudding. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Ah, interesting. I'm figuring things out. Mm, well, that's what I'm here for. But yeah, so I would, and then it came to a point where I, I just quit, where I'd punish myself. I would like, I wouldn't cut, I wasn't a cutter, but I would um, hurt, hurt. Like pinch and things like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's silly. Um, and then I just We're, had to eventually come to grips with it. And then, then I thought, oh, there's no, my whole life will just be horrible. Yeah. All gay men eventually are murdered in a parking lot like like Salminio or they die of alcoholism like uh, Paul Lind or they're an overdose yeah, or yeah. they're murdered. I just, I when, just when assumed. Do you have an idea like when you... When you first became aware of gayness as a as a thing, you know, like in terms of like, oh, yeah. this is the way some people live. Yes, yeah, and it would have been, and it terrified me. I mean, it all it just terrified yeah. me. And in those days, nobody was open, uh-huh. but there were a few beautiful heroes, and they were like Gore Vidal, mm-hmm. James Baldwin. Um, Truman Capote, mm-hmm. you know, those, those are the, the only, th- Tennessee Williams. Yeah. And they are almost exclusively writers. Yeah. And um, um, they were my heroes, mm-hmm. you know, except for, but Truman Capote skeeved me out. I was so horrified by him, even though I knew he was a brilliant man, mm-hmm. but his effeminacy, it made me so terrified because yeah. I thought, oh my God, the moment I declare what I am, I will be such a queen. And that was the worst. Well, the worst thing you could be was a homosexual, but an effeminate homosexual yeah. was the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And so every time I'd see him, I would just be s- sick. 
you know, and I loved Paul Lynn. I would, it was my only impersonation that I could do. Yeah. But he was not, no, or, or Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. And those are the ones where I went, those are gay men. Right. Uh, you know, but they scared me because they were, they were, they were, we could say it faggy in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, may I, say, I mean, I said it. Uh, effeminate. Yeah. And that terrified me. But that's when I started to realize, I think it was probably through James Baldwin and, and, and um, Tennessee Williams, number one. Like, at what age is this? Well, this would have 13, been- 13, 14? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I had a teacher. He was an amazing teacher, and um, everyone loved this man. And he, I, I, I realized he was most likely homosexual. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a very formative teacher like that yeah. too. That years later, thinking back, I was like, Oh no, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he was, uh, he would do things like, and this is his beautiful outreach to kids like me in that time. He had a little. He was he taught us English and I was in enriched English. So we were we were a smaller class mm-hmm. and there was a little um library he had at the back and there'd be about maybe twenty books. And so for someone like me, he would say, oh, why don't you go Take a take a look at this shelf. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was never labeled, and it would be James Baldwin, you know, Tennessee Williams, Gore Vidal, Truman Capote, those books, and uh, it was Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin mm-hmm. that that was that really opened me, yeah. made me up. That that was when it's still my favorite novel of all time. Oh it's, wow, it's a beautiful, beautiful. I've never book. read it. I, I oh, will. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. So that it was through that. I, it was through those <clears throat> the, those people. Yeah. That I start and then I started to explore the whole world of it. You know, and and I mean, gay liberation was just in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but as what a year young, is this about? This would have been like in the early, I guess, early seventies. Yeah. And so I would read about, you know, uh, I would read about homosexual. You know, there would be a cover. There was once a cover of Life magazine, mm-hmm. and it was like the homosexual, and it was just darkness and a face in the dark, a shadowy yeah, yeah, figure in yeah. the darkness. And then, like when I was like, yeah, those. That's the way it was back then. But the, yeah. uh, but I knew, I knew, and all I wanted to do was get out so that I could be myself. Mm-hmm. And I really just, I, I really thought, well, you know, <clears throat> you know, it, it's going to be a rough, rough road. And that was before. Before AIDS happened. Mm-hmm. And then I went, oh, they just tore up the rough road. Yeah. They didn't even give us a road. Yeah, or there's snipers in the trees. Yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. So that was tough. Like, I, 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 I'm blessed and cursed to have been born into the most, I think, the most difficult generation for homosexuals, particularly gay men. Yeah. And it, it, that, that, that forged me. I really do believe I was forged in a fire. Yeah, and um, it and is it's amazing the difference because my, my I have an eighteen year old son who's gay. I know who came out to us when he was eleven. Yeah, and just and then and like I say I say often I say he came out to us when he was eleven and then we didn't talk about it for about six years because he just That's still wonderful. Yeah, because it was you know in any way who wants their parents in on their sexuality or uh, on their on their burgeoning identity. I know. Why why would you want your parents I'm in not there? always have Kurt Russell for a dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but it's well and also too he had the benefit of growing up in Los Angeles. Oh my god. When so it's, when you told me that I was like um, move. Uh, he's I, I for me to bring in his prom picture of him because he has a boyfriend that they've been together for about two years and they are just just the most lovely couple. Not just inter- I mean they're beautiful people, but they're also just both of them are just really sweet, wonderful well, people, and they have such a loving relationship. And wow. and they uh, like uh, like for me to bring their prom picture 
to work and to show it to to the gays that work here. The gay, my gays, yeah. uh, your gays. Uh, my oh, what gays are you, here Kathy at work. Griffin? Now, <laughs> <laughs> I sure am. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no. I um, but like to you know, like I showed it to to some of the men here at work, and it's older men. Yeah, and it's yeah. really hard for them. Oh, I mean, in one we're sense, broken. In one sense, it, it's beautiful, and they're so happy. And then another sense, there's this: why couldn't I have had? That? Oh, there's a fury. Why couldn't I? Have oh had no, that? there there's a, man, and it's it's, uh, it's entirely relatable. Because yeah, why the fuck couldn't you have had that? You know, yeah. just because of stupidity. That's you the, know? that's the where I'm at right now in my life, looking at it and going, holy cow, did did we suffer? And I know I look at men my age and I just think we're just a wasteland we're wrecked yeah. and ruined and I and I'm trying very hard to put myself back together again yeah um, but there's another thing and I don't know if we discussed that time at your house but I, I had to go into therapy for it and that was my fury yeah and my jealousy yeah yeah and to think that and I and particularly for me it was particularly intense because I like I'm like I helped create this you're a public world. figure yeah I, I helped build this building and there's no room for me yeah no apartment for me yeah and that broke my heart and I went because and my therapist had a, a gay son too <laughs> and he was like 16 he was exploring drag and my first impulse was, I want to kill you all. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, he was like, when, it, when, when men you talk about their, their gay son and they're not infuriated or disgusted, there's a part of me that can't believe it. Yeah. Like I, I understand it on paper, but I don't know if it's really possible for me to believe that they mean it. And I, I'm so, I'm so... Uh, hurt by society, what it did to us, that I, I just, I'm just waiting for the turn. Yeah, yeah. The turn in in bad, you going bad again. No, I'm waiting for society oh. to turn on us again. But what about a turn in you? That's the thing. You're the one that you're you're one person that helped me with that. We had that discussion when yeah. I talked about this, and you said, think of it as having a child. You've given your whole life to them. You've sacrificed your life for yeah. that child. And they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And really, they, they don't have to. Yeah. And I, and I thought a lot about what you said to me. And I went, well, that's a very, that's, have you ever said anything wise before? <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice. Well, I mean, because I Once know you're twice. hilarious <laughs> and you're smart, but I went, this fucker getting wise? <laughs> but, I'm sorry. I know, it's sorry. But a, fr- you know, a friend of mine, a, a, a writer named Nicole Cliff, who's on Twitter, she, yes. she did a, a thread on Twitter that, about a conversation that she had with her dad. And it was, and this is sort of also at the time that my marriage is ending and my son's going off to college and all these things. And it was it was very moving to me. Her father said to her, and it was when she was, she was recounting when she was about to have her first child. And her father, who's not a very demonstrative man, said to her, he said, you know, the thing about having a kid is that you, you're not, you're not that sure. And then here they are, and you've never felt a love this intense in your life. And it just grows and grows and grows. And the child necessarily leads, needs you less and less and less. Yeah. So you have, Cursed yourself to a lifetime of unrequited love. You're, you're speaking to me directly and through metaphor, aren't you? I certainly man? am. Yes. I certainly am. And that's, Are you saying and, that, and I, it, that I, I need to 
get over it. A little bit. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. A that is bit. what because, I'm about. That's what I'm working on what, now. Yeah, because what else, what other choice do you have? Yeah, well, I, I've thought very much about that because I've been very the last few years. I, I've I've been kind of consumed with this idea that I've been forgotten, and and I know these, these are very. I'm, I'm embarrassed by this, but to say it to you, I don't mind. Listen, I. Uh, I, I'm a very, I, I mean, like in relative terms, like I have enjoyed a great amount of success. You have. I have a, I have a, I make a really good living and I've been on you this. You didn't invent podcasts though. I certainly didn't invent, <laughs> we'll get back to that. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, but there still is in me, why don't I have this? Why I don't that. I have I that? I totally understand And that. I have, and having encountered various people that weren't necessarily like my heroes, but certainly were kind of highlights to me and 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 aspirational figures in my young comediness <clears throat> and meeting them now and hearing how bitter they are yeah. and thinking be careful Andy yes don't do that yes be try and be as happy as you can yes. with with the goodness that you but have but you seem to have done that I do, but I still I I have to fight the bitterness. But the part, the the tiny, uh, the the really petty part of me goes, yeah. Well, that's easy when you're a straight white man. Yeah, and that's petty. Yeah, because the truth is, it, it, anybody can overcome this. And there are people that have suffered so much that have turned into beautiful spirits as they're when they're anybody, older. Anybody uh, like can that, be happy. There's this woman who recently died who was a Holocaust survivor, and I, she, there's a documentary about her, and she's just the most bright she was like in her 80s lively warm empathetic people and I'm going if I just if I don't I, I could become that mm-hmm. but I could become the other two and I'm at a crossroads yeah and I know that and then and one of the that what you said to me is one of the things that keeps um ringing in my head like remember what Andy said you just have to accept you do something because it's the right thing end of story yeah and I'm not quite there, but I'm working on it. But also, you there you are deeply, deeply appreciated by many, many, many people. Well, that's nice to hear. It, you truly, truly are. And and whether but, that whether that but the petty part of me goes well. Then why don't why have I not been on television twenty years? Like why do I have no career? I don't know. I don't because you know because it's a mean fucking business. Yes, which you know? is what we said at the beginning, which is true. And it really doesn't care about yeah. you. And I and and I quite frankly. I have been in a very sheltered harbor of show business thanks to Conan O'Brien yes. for many, many years. So I could, you know, there's times when I when I will think more expansively. And I mean, and quite frankly, when I left the show the first time, a lot of it was just itchiness. Was yeah. just I was an expansive sort of like, hey, I've enjoyed some success and and I'd like to trade this coin in and see if I can get a, a, another coin that m- might be yeah. more meaningful to yeah. me or bigger to me or yeah. whatever and that's a you, young, in a young person's that's brain. That's when you were doing like Andy Richter controls yeah, the universe, yeah. which so was I, a wonderful show. Yeah, and I mean, thank you. And I, you know, and so I came to LA. I did, I was the star of three different network sitcoms. Yeah, wow. And I can, and, and then none of them worked out. So I can sit here and I can think, ah, fuck. Three-time failure. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah. Fuck you, says show business. We give you your chance. Yeah. And quite frankly, after that, I pitched a sketch comedy to show to Comedy Central, which in my arrogance at the time, I was like, come on. Me, a sketch comedy <laughs> show at Comedy Central, that's a fucking no-brainer. And I wrote a really fucking funny show. Right. To which the guy in charge of the time kept saying to me, I love these sketches. They're all so funny. I just can't figure out why they all live together. 
<laughs> and I said, well, you know, I'm in all of them. Like that's sort of a through line yeah. is my presence in all of them. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but they're just all about different stuff. And I'm just like, have you never fucking seen SNL? Yeah. Like, but, and I would joke with them and say, do you want the bong report? Like, is that what you're looking for? And he'd be like, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. And then after, and they turned me down. And after they turned me down, like three days later, I saw a billboard for David Allen Greer had a show called The Chocolate News. Right. And I went, holy shit, they did want the bong report. They want a show, a sketch show that's about the same thing all the time. And, and so I didn't, this thing that I thought was a no brainer that I could, that I could make happen, it didn't happen. And at the same time, I went back to, uh, you know, Conan came to me and said, would you like to be on The Tonight Show? Which, who the fuck am I to turn down? I right. mean, I always said I didn't want to be Ed McMahon, but who am I to turn down a tenured professorship in show business, yeah. which is what being on The Tonight Show yes. is supposed to be. But I, you know, I, like I said, I had those three shows Three strikes, you're out. Oh, fuck, I'm a failure. But then it's like, no, I was the star of a network sitcom three fucking times. How can I look Mm. at that as anything but a good thing? Yes. I haven't been the star of a network television show since. But, you know, and like I say, I have this safe harbor that if I want to think about it, I could think like, well, good thing I'm here because out there in the cold world, I don't know that I would have. I don't know if I would be in the same position or I don't know if I would have thrived or I don't know if I wouldn't be doing corporate gigs or Mm -hmm. something, you know? So you just, you know, I have that benefit, but I do not know what, what would have been out there in the absence of this, of this part of my life and this TBS Mm -hmm. show. So all I can do is look at the parts of my life that are the truly meaningful ones, which is, you know, and I mean, and it's easy when you have kids, Mm -hmm. But I just, I just, you know, I have to, I, you have to work at being okay with yeah. what you've got, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it seems sometimes like a trick yeah. that you're playing on yourself. Yeah, but hey, you know, the clock is ticking. Yes, so you absolutely. might as well get satisfied as yeah. quick as you can. I, I, you know? I absolutely agree. Yeah. You know, and I guess part of my problem was I, 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 I gave myself so wholly to it, yeah. show business, uh, that... I neglected to build the other side. Yeah. And that's where I'm at now going, what have I done? Yeah. I really thought that at this point in my career, there'd be parades for me for what I did. And I would just like, I would just never have to buy a drink yeah, again. Yeah. And, and I have to accept that's not going to happen. And also. Parades are overrated. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, do you think that that would have necessarily satisfied you? No. Because you know what deep I mean? down. Because I, I don't know if it's possible. I, I call them. Me. I call them world leaders. They're people that just they can't. They can't. It, it's never enough. Yeah. And that no matter the level that they get to, there's always going to be. And they this. Well, first of all, I think this business. We all have a touch of it. We all mm-hmm. have a touch of it. It's what got us out of where we came mm-hmm. from. Is like this isn't enough. Yep. And that this isn't enough is a hard thing to get away from. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard thing because you use it at first as fuel. Mm-hmm. And oh it, God, yeah. You know, and it is oh, what yeah. makes your engine run. Oh yeah. And then you get to a certain age, and you're like, "Oh man, I'm fucking miserable." Yeah, I can't. I, I need. Gotta, no, I can't run my engine on rage. Yeah, I gotta convert I gotta run this on engine to something else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But I, and I do think that the biggest people in the world, and you're like, you'll you'll meet them, and then suddenly they'll make a comment. You're like, "Oh my God." Tom Hanks isn't fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm at that now, but here's the thing, that this dilemma, 
this it happened this week, and it was a revelation to me that I I don't even know if I'm if I wish I'd had it. But it was like, and the moment I did, a cloud lifted that had been in, in my head for quite a while, and I went, and the and, and the idea was I'm going to retire, and I've never ever thought that was an option. And hmm. but this time I went, that wouldn't be so bad because I think to myself. Maybe this chase is is hurting me. Yeah, uh, getting what I what I'm due and getting you know getting a show and having a comeback and I'm like yeah. holy cow, no one's interested in the man in their late fifties white man his late fifties and their comeback. Yeah, like get over yourself. Being gay isn't enough anymore. Yeah, and I went well, I, and as if it's not it's not that this business is going to go. Well, I did I was wrong. It doesn't care. It's driven by money. Yeah, and I thought oh. Oh man, dude! Because I thought, well, I can, I, I can retire. I don't have the money, but I, I can live very um, frugally, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that something will come along every once in a while, and I'll do it. Yeah, and I could write well, you had books. That, yeah, Hannibal was. It was so wonderful to see you on Hannibal. Right, you but know? yeah, yeah. But yeah. even Hannibal, the part was like, why am I the smallest character on the show? But that's it. And somebody's got to be. I know. You know. But I uh, well, David Cross isn't playing up. Isn't in one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that bold. And so there was a. And I and I'm very grateful for that show. I think it's a masterpiece that Brian Fuller gave. He's one of those people that throughout my career he's given me real solids. Like he. He was a young writer on Star Trek Voyager, and, uh-huh. that was, and, and he was part of the, and him and Brand, uh, Braga wanted to get me to play a character on that. And that's the only time in Hollywood that I ever played. And it was probably the last time I was on network television up until Hannibal. It was a long time ago. But I played a straight guy, and I just, all I wanted to do was play just a guy. Yeah. I've never done romantic comedy, and I played not just, I played a monk with a giant blue head. That's the only way Hollywood would let me be heterosexual. Have a, whoa, whoa, well, make him. <laughs> Incredibly unfuckable. <laughs> That's that'll show him. Hey, look! In this day and age, a giant blue head might be well, very fuckable. Well, to somebody. I, I, this character had so much confidence that I went after seven of nine, and yeah. um, I, and it was such a thrill for him. I thought, oh, if I'd only stayed in the closet, I could have done this. <laughs> I could have, you know. But but you know, um, I, I can't remember what my point was originally, um, but. Um, Oh, because I said Hannibal. I, Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were saying how how this writer had been good to you. Very, Brian. Yes, yeah, yeah. And and Brandon Braga, who who brought me in for that. But um, but but the retirement. I'm going. Well, I wouldn't be retired because I have to create. Yeah. But like, I talked to an old, old, very old, very not very old, very old friend of mine, a very very good friend, and he's given up the business. He's never sounded happier. Yeah. Still, he goes up and performs, and he writes stuff, and he does tutorials of people, and he's like, "I'm having, the, I'm having a great time." Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm thinking, I never thought that was possible, but it, it, it might. I think, well, you know. And then, of course, when you do that, the next thing you know, your career. I have, and that's the thing I'm going. Oh, if I say I'm going to quit comedy, maybe I'll have a Nanette where I'll actually get bigger, <laughs> and and then, and I'll do it with actual jokes. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't even go there, and that's fine, but I can go there. All right, yeah. And yeah. we don't want to go there. I don't I'm not going there. No, of course you're no, not. No, no. I, um, yeah, I, I, I've often said, and I, and I honestly do believe this. Years ago, Jeff Ross, our executive producer. Uh, we and were, ours. And, oh, that's mm-hmm. right. And, mm-hmm. and Kids in the Hall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, that was a... 
That was a follow through. And also we were all under the Lauren Michaels umbrella. Yes. So yes, we used we to, the first time I ever met you guys was at an SNL party. Oh yeah. 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 I and I was, that. and I, and I was struck by, we walked from the party to somewhere mm -hmm. else to another bar. Yeah. And that. I was struck by how Dave Foley, <laughs> who I had never met before, within 30 <laughs> seconds of talking to him, was bitching about all of you guys. <laughs> totally. I'm so glad to hear totally that. Totally fucking spilling the beans yeah. about, you know, oh, oh. fucking Bruce is this way and Mark is this. And I was like, <laughs> one of my people, oh, yeah. a bitch, a fucking oh, raging bitch. He's a I raging love bitch. you. Yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. Best. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I, he's still like that. I know. I love him. He's just, he's, uh, but he also too, he is one of the truly kindest, most totally beautifully moral people oh, in the world. Yes, he is. Just absolutely a true blue, wonderful human being. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he is. And, you know, he's, a, he's a raging bitch. Yeah. Raging bitch. And, but yeah, but I mean, but I think that's, you know, that's oh, how we're, you deal we're, with it. We were totally like brothers. Like, oh yeah, just, yeah. And I also think back and I'm going, holy cow, the things I've said to people off the record about the other kids in the hall, if they wrote a, like a real book about the way we really were, <laughs> we will all hate each other. Yeah, Although yeah. I don't know if that's really possible because we really have done everything to each other yeah. that anyone could do. I mean, And you're still together, yeah. Like, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we are. We're absolutely together. Yeah. Uh, like, right up to hitting each other, right up to sleeping with each other's mates, that sort of thing. Oh, wow. We're talking serious, like kind of like, you know um, – yeah, very, very serious. Like you know, what, what was the uh, what was the band that everybody slept with each other? No, we weren't always sleeping with each other, but you know, um, Lindsey Buckingham and oh, oh Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood yeah, Mac. Yeah, yeah, we were like that. Yeah, yeah. He said we didn't fuck each other. Yeah, but we were. Nasty. Well, you become you become when you. I think that like when you have a group identity that that's that that's that's that close, you do become one thing. We were one. So we're, there yeah. are like the blurring of edges between totally. appropriateness yes. and, you know, boundaries yeah. and personalities. Like things it's really mushy. Siblings do things to each other that yeah. they would never do to I, another human I, being. You know, I was uh, part of a couple different comedy groups that where it was like, yeah, everybody fucked everybody. Yeah. Everybody fucked everybody over. Everybody yes. insulted everybody. Yes. Everybody did beautiful selfless gestures for yeah. each other you know yeah. it just it happens well, you know? I mean, we've, but I look back and I shudder the things I've said about some of them eh. but, but you know what it doesn't matter uh, we, we, I, I, no and especially no, especially when people know that the you color say, of your character yeah. and and the, and the actual they know your soul they know yes. your heart so they know yes. and they also know like you're a bitch too oh god I'm awful <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a petty bitch. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the. I have I'm to like. There's so many times bitch. when I when I am about to bitch to someone about another person, yeah. and I have to say, "Look, this is mostly about me." Yeah. But that motherfucker, because <laughs> <and, you know, laughs> I full, I know full well, like this is not. This person is just living their life, being who they are, and I'm creating the poison. Yeah. It's my fucking brain going like, oh, my God, if that fucker says that <laughs> thing again, you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's what therapy's for, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I always thought the business with comedy itself was therapy. Yeah. And it is, but it's not quite enough. Oh, no, it's not. You know. Um, Especially because it, 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 will, it will exploit your warts. 
oh, rather than true. cure your warts. You yes. know, it so will, it will, yeah, yeah. garden it turns them into a wart garden. Yeah. <laughs> I guess true. that's what a real a great career is a wart garden. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, and, you know, and, and some of those people with the most beautiful, virulent warts aren't still aren't satisfied. No, no. So, like, what? You just what is it? You can't be satisfied with that wart that's taken over your entire yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. No. Or the people, or the like, the really biggy bigs. Oh yeah. That just don't. They're not even fucking human anymore. Yeah. They, like I have yeah. occasion, occasionally to talk to some, some of them. the biggy bigs, yeah. and it's just like. This is like talking to an interactive exhibit. Yeah. This is, and, I, and I'll, there have been times too when I've tried to kind of just like, come on, let's crack through that. Let's, right. you know, nope. No. Nope. And I don't know whether it's a, I don't know whether it's a, whether the, the, the real self doesn't exist or whether it's so hidden that there's just no possible way that a guy like me who, a talk show asshole, is, they're ever going to let, give me a glimpse. Right. And then there are other people Wonderfully successful, oh God. beautifully, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hilariously talented people who are every bit like themselves. Like Tom Hanks, who all I just attacked earlier time. for no yeah, reason. Yeah. But I mean, you, but you used him as an example, of course as I an did. extreme example, extreme example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, but, but, but those people, Tom Hanks is probably dissatisfied. It's hard to believe, but it's probably, probably a little bit. Yeah, he probably went. Why was I such? Why did I make such soft choices? <laughs> like why? Joe versus so, the volcano. Yeah, like why does be so yeah, yeah, likable yeah. and everything? Turner and Hooch. I should have known better. <laughs> I should have had a basketball and a soccer ball. <laughs> that just wasn't inclusive enough. <laughs> I was sports phobic. If they remade that movie now, you'd have to have about eight different balls, yeah, a baseball, yeah. a, you know, a soccer ball. <laughs> this is all I know is a football. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is there other balls? Right. Yeah. Highlight ball. <laughs> Highlight ball. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's Tennis, ping pong. Yeah. Everybody represent, every ball represented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, do you have like any kind of like professional goal that yeah. you're really kind of- Well, I want- I, I want my own show. Yeah, and uh, like I've, I, I'm, I'm peddling, I'm peddling a pilot right now. Yeah, that I, I, who knows? Yeah, and uh, I want to do my own thing. Like I think to myself, well, this is the time when my, I've never gotten any, like I've never had any of my stories done. Like I've never gotten a show or anything like that, and I've been pitching for ever, and I've never gotten anything. And and I think this might be, I, I might finally be at that point who knows but I'd like that and I have a couple of movies I'd like to get made I want to get I want to get I want to put my writing out there yeah and I'm also at the point where I go like I wrote I've been writing this screenplay for 20 years and I finally finished it and um, but I've aged out of the main part Mm. Like I can't play the I can't play yeah. any of the parts any longer. I've often thought there's like I'd be happy. I honestly I love acting and I I I don't get to act enough. But there is a part of me that sometimes ideas that I have I think because you know frequently like if I write a pilot like I just wrote a pilot recently mm-hmm. and it, it's just sort of expected that I'm writing it for myself right. But there are so many ideas that I have. Like I'm just like, yeah. why, uh, why not have someone else do that? Yeah. And then I don't have to worry about yeah. being looked at. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's. And I'm at that place now when I I never thought I would get there. Like, yeah. It was just too much of an ego man. I've got. I'm a star. Oh, <laughs> what a bore. Says the guy on the bus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sir, you got your Sorry. transfer, Pat? Oh, yeah, I had my transfer. Here's my star transfer. 
<laughs> but, I, but I totally could do it. All I want to do is tell stories. And yeah. So I'd be completely, like I have this other one that I've written, which is a character of mine that I used to do in the Kids in the Hall years ago, Danny Husk, my businessman character. And I'm like, I can't, I guess I could. Maybe in, in a different generation, 25 years ago, it's like a kind of, if I was Leslie Nielsen, I could play the part. But no one's going to buy me now as like a 35-year-old man. It's silly. Yeah. But then I thought, well, maybe there's, I could get a genuine movie star to play the part. Oh, yeah. I never, before I'd be like, I, that's impossible. Now I'd be like, yeah, I yeah, don't care. No, it's ha- there's so, yeah. I don't care. It, and I like to buy, I like to write books and I, I back to Narnia, I go, that's the, my real goal is I'd like to write a series of books that change young people's lives. Yeah. That, that would be wonderful for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I keep thinking, I, I've been snoozing on my writing career and yeah. um, I think I need to defend, I, I think I need to concentrate more on that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, I, you know, the, the gimmick of this show, like I said, is uh, oh, we were. <laughs> what was the other questions? Wait, uh, there, where, where do you come from? Where are you going? And oh. what have you learned? And I think we've said all those things. We certainly have said all those things, yeah. and that's you know, I initially. Oh, we what, did talk about all that. Oh, all of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's the idea of this show. Is that like, yeah, we'll get there. Although I, ha- you know, I used to get, I got notes early on, a sort of like. You really need to hit the questions on it. <laughs> Who gives you those oh, notes? That's it. These not, two? I'm thinking. Yeah, these two. Oh, these two. These two. There's a, people should know that there's yeah. two people watching that there's, are just so they're security furious guards. looking. And <laughs> just everything we say, they look at each yeah. other. And Rolling they, their eyes. And, 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 and the one of them with that pad writing things down, I'm like, mm, oh, I, oh, oh. This, and then a lot of, lot of yeah, crossing yeah, yeah. out and heavy writing. <laughs> A lot of very, very like old, old movie Italian slapping of the forehead and then dragging the hand down the face. I know. So I, I'm just saying it. It's very, you know, I've, I've done my best to ignore I understand. Them, I understand. Very. The wall of judgment is hard to like, deal with. It is. It's Jacques Hughes. It's like the Jacques Hughes team. <laughs> 12 angry men, please. Uh, and some of them are women. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I, but this is, this has been, this has honestly been re- like really, uh, one of the most freeform ones of these, and it's been, you know, when I started doing, you know, this is a thing too. Like when you start, when you thought you would reinvent, you would invent the podcast. But yeah, <laughs> we're, we, we were joking about that earlier because Conan. apparently on the cover of Variety, <laughs> it's Conan. What does it say? It's Conan. Conan, and what does it say? like re, I mean, the podcast revolution finally, like you know, right. it erupts and it's Conan O'Brien leading the wow. charge, and I'm like, well. When yeah, because <laughs> you're going to put that in. Somebody, I haven't been on your show in twenty years. When, so some, when somebody so now. when somebody says to Conan, "You should do a podcast," and he goes, "All right." Yeah, <laughs> he reinvigorated the industry. And if you ever did have me back on, I'd bring that variety cover. Sure, of course. You know I would. I know. And even if I promised I wouldn't, I'm gonna. Bring oh, he'd it. be fine with. Of course, it. he would. He'd be fine with. Well, that's what we were saying. I was saying like he. You were saying he's probably mortified by it, and he probably is a little is, mortified by it. Be. Yeah, yeah, because he I mean, has to be on the cover. He and I he are didn't. both Johnny Come Latelys to this thing, and I always because I had I'm not really even I haven't been a big podcast consumer. Oh, you know, I, I listen a little bit, but not a lot, and certainly not like with any regularity one that I have to subscribe to and hear every week. So I had had people, Team Richter, as I like to call Team them, Richter. the people that, you know, <laughs> siphon off the top of my income, uh, <laughs> and kept saying, you should do a podcast. And I was like, eh, and number one, this is my stupid remnant Midwestern 
like like I I would feel too dilettantish. Like I'm not. Yeah. It's not, I'm That's not of that. Yeah, yeah. And I just like oh, I would feel I feel like a phony. Yeah. You know, like in fact, like this is my assistant was like she, because you, you advertise things on this, and they and they one of the things they want you to do is like have a personal experience with it. So if you're advertising underwear, they you know you get a couple free pairs of underwear, mm-hmm. and one of them was a turntable, mm-hmm. and and I had just because I moved into a new apartment, I had just bought a turntable a couple months before, but I kept the one that they sent me, and I gave my the old one, which was two months old to my assistant. And she's like, why are you doing, why not just give us the one that's already in a box? And I said, because I have to say, I like this turntable. And so I want to be able to say that with some honesty. And she was like, you idiot. You could just say, I like this turntable. And I was like, I know, but for me, for my own personal calculus, I want to be able to say, this thing sounds great. And it really because I I it's in my house and I am actually using it. So oh, that's really honorable of you. Well, it's it's almost like a tick. You know, it's almost like sort of inconvenient, you know. Yeah. And that's like and to do a podcast and to say like, eh, I don't know, I don't listen to him. I feel like an asshole. I feel yeah. like people be like, Oh, here he comes, you know. And so finally, just as part of a like start to just say yes to things and mm-hmm. start to sort of churn up the water and You're see saying what yes co- to the universe yes just you know and so i was like you know what i will do a podcast and i kind of had the idea this idea for this podcast but i still was sort of like you know it's daunting they say like 45 a year it's like oh, oh jesus yo whoo um and then but, but the funniest part was that like when i was like finally said to team richter you know what i will do a podcast and they hooked me up with the podcast agent at uta and then like two days later because <laughs> I'm not really in the loop a lot with a lot of the stuff that goes on here because I of my own choosing. But two days later, it's like, Conan's doing a podcast. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. Can I have anything? Is that why you're not at Earwolf? Uh, no, I am at Earwolf. Okay. It, this is all part of Team Coco Earwolf. It's all like a, a in Stitcher. They're all, you know, it's all, oh. they're all a sort of like, you oh, know. I didn't know that. All fingers of the same fist, okay. the same podcasting right. fist. But yeah, so Conan, you know, it's just, it's what, it's, you got to do something, you know, and it's like yeah. this kind of, uh, you know, it just seems like, yeah, d- let's do this. And I was, like I say, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I, I love doing this. It's really enjoyable. I'm not going to get rich doing this. Right. And I'm already rich. And I you don't need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, oh, I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get richer. Terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, it's it's just I'm trying to just derive enjoyment from the things that I'm doing rather than the what the they're gonna lead to you yeah. know and it just that's just being old you know that's just yeah. being old and kind of and that's and that also too is like that's anti bitterness medicine yeah is to is to work at that as to really really work at that like to just be okay doing this and when one thing I was gonna say earlier is that like something that I feel is like almost detrimental to my career is that I derive as much enjoyment from m- making a nice meal for people yeah. as I do from making a television mm-hmm. show. And and if I, you know, if I, uh, well, I started to tell you, Jeff Ross years ago, I said some crack about, you know, if I won the lottery, you'd never see me again. And he went, oh, come on. And I went, no. <laughs> well, that's Dave Foley to a T. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, really. If I, if I made a pile of money, I, you know, I'd be like, 
you know, Hugh Beaumont with my Christmas tree farm, you know, which that's a reference no one will get. The dad from the dad from Leave It to Beaver. Oh yeah, I remember him. <laughs> Just like fuck, Leave It to Beaver. I'm out of here. I'm on a Christmas tree farm up in the middle. That's of what nowhere. he did. Yeah, yeah. But Barbara Billingsley did. No, she certainly didn't. She, she did kept working. She yeah, kept yeah. working. She needed. Yeah, to, yeah. She had to pay off each each episode was a pearl. She had to pay off the pearl necklace that she always wore. Really? No, I just made that <laughs> up. <laughs> I think they bought her that pearl necklace. Do you think so? I Do you think, think it was so. a real pearl necklace? I don't know. Yeah. Of that's, course, that's referring to- That's for the, the was next there, was it? No, there was not a- there wasn't like a line of ropey semen around. No, that. certainly no. not. Barbara Billings, at least, at least not on not on, TV. Not on camera. Not on no. camera. No. I mean, who camera. knows? Who knows what she was like? Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, she might have been a Florence Henderson, just a real, you a know, real just a real animal. Horn dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you have a podcast. I do. That I'm going to be on. Yes, um, you are. And I, uh, like I told Scott earlier, I got an email today. Scott's plug was the because they know I don't plug anything. Scott's I never do. Plug. I never would plug things well, I in your like, show. I don't. That's very personal. I don't want to know about Scott's plug. Right. I mean, I do, but of course you. Yeah. But you, you need to know more about my plug. Yes, but I'm going to be on it soon. It's online now. It's on, so you, your, anybody. Your plug? Anybody can activate the vibrating. Um, oh my goodness! From anywhere in this world. That's that's known as dildonics. It is a dildonic. Yeah, yeah I nice. get a lot from South Korea, which means <laughs> I must be very hip because a lot of K-pop. Yeah, yeah. K-poppers. K-poppers. Oh, boy, I could use some K-poppers oh, right oh, now. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. I just spilled some uh, That's all right. water. I got so excited about thinking about doing Korean poppers. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always loved you because you knew that reference, and you knew even then. Sure, no. I'm very gay adjacent. Like, You're I very, Seriously, the only thing keeping me- You were meant me, to have a gay son. The only thing keeping me- And my dad is gay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the right. only thing keeping me from, from being gay is this fucking burdensome heterosexuality. I know. My love of the puss. I know. Oh, I know. You've tiresome. gone on and on about oh, it. Oh, love it. When are you going to do, would it be possible for you to do a podcast on your love of the puss? <laughs> no, but I'm serious. There's not enough. For that, the love of the puss. For the love of the puss. <laughs> get out. Get out. And do a podcast. <laughs> but there's just not enough of that kind of talk anymore. And I, I really actually, miss today it. I, today I was thinking, I was just having this idea of like, uh, of a podcast called, I'm worried sick about you. <laughs> so I'd be like, Ellen DeGeneres, I'm worried sick about you. But I am. Yeah. Jared Leto, I'm worried sick about Jared you. Jared Kiso, we're worried about all the Jareds. Pedophile Jared, all the Jareds are in trouble. <laughs> I'm thank God I remember what the plug was because we just wiped up the water with it. Yes. Your, oh. your podcast is called PTS Diva on Stitcher. <laughs> yeah, it's called PTS Diva, and it's going to launch September, I guess, like the Labor Day weekend, uh-huh. right? And um, it's 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 not fun like yours. It's not. Well, it's fun because uh, it's me. I yeah. try to make things fun, but it's it's got an it's it's got a it's about trauma. Mm. So it's about it's about different traumas in my life, and yeah. and how other people, and I bring in people that have also been through traumas, or help, or been part of my my trauma. And yours is going to be <laughs> the suicide episode, uh-huh. and it's going to be this career suicide episode. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk to you about that, if sure, if, and hopefully you will. I absolutely will. I'll uh, talk to you about anything. But um, yeah, so it's about I, I'm trying to basically um, talk about trauma and the role in art. And the role in shaping a human being, and how you can you can you can overcome it. And because I thought it's about time for me to, although I most of my comedy is about trauma, but um, I, it's just about basically getting over things. And it's wrapped around certain events in my life that were very difficult that I'm trying to um, 
completely let go of. Yeah. I, one that, of them is the to bitterness me, towards show business. To me, that sounds uh, pretty goddamn fascinating and yeah. also something that I don't hear much about. No, I mean, there's, it, a lot of, there's a lot of sort of mental health podcasts. Yeah, this is comedy. Like yeah, each one will I also think have that this pieces. Sounds, like yeah. each one will have a story that I've written that's yeah. inspired by it. Or they'll have a monologue or a sketch. So there'll always be an artistic, a creative that's wonderful. Uh, re- reaction to trauma. I'm too lazy for that. Well, I, it's, I've, I, I've given myself a lot of work. Which yeah, is, this yeah. is much more This is much more fun. But a lot of work. I have to write so much. But I'm hoping it might lead to a book. That's wonderful. You know? yeah, but yeah. It's got a, I, I got, came up with a title and I went, well, the title... It's pretty great. PTSD was a great title. PTSD was fantastic. And so I, I have to follow the title. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, I love you. I love you too, Andy. I love you very much. And this has been a really, really, uh, I think, a really useful episode of this stupid I think thing. so. Yeah. Because it's true. It's, I, I tell you, that time by your pool when you told me that, it's been reverberating in my head ever since. I, that makes me feel uh, really, really good. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Gandalf. <laughs> 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 Which let me just fly, be, you fool. And let me be honest. I just want to put it out there. I would be the best Gandalf in the new Lord of the Rings reboot. Mm. And if people aren't going to give me a chance, that's going to be twenty years, though, at least. Don't you think it's coming How, out soon? No shit, they're rebooting the whole fucking thing again as a as a television series. Oh. Like, I think for Amazon. Oh wow! And I'm very very excited about it. And wow. I I've. Uh, I, I, I think I'm, I'm at my state. Uh, here it is. I feel like I'm Gandalf the Grey, and I need, and I've now come, I need to come out of that cave. Right. It's Gandalf the White. The White. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, uh, you know, acting, I mean, might not do as much of it as I, <laughs> I never even done a lot lately, as much as I thought I was doing. But when I do come out of retirement, it will, I'm just going to say, it, it'll be for, as Gandalf. <laughs> Well, I can do any. I can do British accents. Listen up, Hollywood. Listen up, Hollywood. Yeah, goddamn it. Gandalf's right here. Yeah, Gandalf is right here. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, and um, and God bless you. And I will be seeing you around Burbank. You will. And uh, spotted me on the street walking. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and uh, thank you out there for listening uh, to another episode of the Three Questions. And we will be back next time. Bye bye. Got a big, big love. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Galitza Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.